This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, please give us a call at 808-791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. Now, minimalism is all the rage, so there's been no shortage of articles and stories about the power of getting rid of some of your stuff. There are even full TV shows dedicated to the topic. Uh, my mother-in-law is becoming one of those, uh, minimalizing all her possessions. And loyal listeners of our show know that we've also addressed the fact that when it comes to your retirement strategy, downsizing, or your legacy plans, your kids do not want your stuff. <laughs> now, <laughs> right. for the purposes of today's show, let's change our mindset a little bit to focus on some of your possessions that your kids and grandkids may in fact want. So if you're nearing retirement or you've already reached that goal and are beginning to do that downsizing process, grab a pen and paper and jot down some ideas. But before we unpack that box of stuff, you'd like to take the goodwill, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who never has to worry about ending up on the discard pile. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I love it. A great introduction uh, once again. And uh, this sounds like an interesting topic. It could be a controversial one for some people. I mean, if we get into uh, what our kids and grandkids want of our beloved stuff, uh, we're going to use a nice word, stuff. <laughs> we all have a lot mm -hmm. of stuff. <laughs> and uh, this should be a good one. Um, I, I And, you know, I'm like that trusty hammer that you... Uh, take with you every time you move. I'm always there to get the job done when you need me, Greg. You know that. That, that you are, Tony. That you are. <laughs> well, hey, I've had a great week. Um, as we are recording this show, Greg, and I haven't told you this yet. I, we talked a little bit before the show, but I didn't mention this. Right now and probably uh, within the next hour, my son is proposing to his girlfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. What do you think hey, of that? <laughs> <laughs> Where's that happening? <laughs> well, it's actually happening. They're going out. Uh, they're going out for a late uh, lunch at a really fancy place, and um, so they're getting dressed up. But he's stopping by this. He used to work at Anoka County Farms as a kid growing up, and we're f good family friends with the people who own it. But he's never introduced Bree to them. He's actually dated Bree. They're both just graduated college and they've been dating since their junior year of high school so they've been together oh, wow. a long time and they even went to separate colleges and still uh that's have a been test dating steady that whole time yes so uh they've passed the test and so now they're getting engaged uh and uh, that's today he's got the ring he's all excited he's got this huge thing planned at this pumpkin farm that every fall he would work at and so uh, it's going to be, she won't be expecting it there, but uh, he's got a lot planned. There's pumpkins with a poem. These two big white pumpkins and stenciled really neat in script on is, I think it's um, Roses are Red, I Love Brie, it says on one, and the next one beside it says, um, 
will you please marry me? And so, uh, uh, and then he has a card and flowers and the, the, the people who run the pumpkin farm are going to be there to take pictures. And so should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. How about you? You've been uh, busy, working, traveling. Yeah, we went back to our house in Arizona, um, fixed up some stuff, also celebrated my son's birthday out there. Um, last year of tween, I guess, he's going to be 13 next year, oh, wow. so he just made 12. Wow, he's hitting so, the teenage. Uh, That's when you're officially a teenager is when you turn 13, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he's still in kid mode, I guess. Uh, but we had we went to this park called uh, Great Wolf Lodge oh, yeah. in Phoenix, and it's this uh, hotel water park kind yep. of thing. Uh, very kid friendly. So he had a blast. Yep. Did you have a blast though, Greg? Did you go down all the big water slides yourself? I I did. Yeah, <laughs> I went down a few. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, the show today, I think you've picked a good topic because. Um, you know, I like it when we challenge our own preconceived notions a bit, and you like to do that on the show once in a while. And like you said, we you've spent time on previous shows reminding our listeners that, hey, sometimes their kids and grandkids might not want their stuff. So I'm excited about yep. this one today <laughs> and the things that, uh, you know, the younger people in your family may in fact actually want. So how do you want to get this one rolling? Well, an AAP, uh, AARP, excuse me, article uh, titled 12 Things Your Kids Actually Might Want to Inherit really has some useful information that I think will be beneficial for our older folks. Now, the article's first prized item is photos, but within reason. Your kids and grandkids don't want dozens and dozens of photo albums full of hundreds of snaps of Thanksgiving dinners and family picnics. But chances are some of the photos are meaningful. Perhaps the photos are of a treasured family trip to Disneyland, or maybe there are fascinating photos of a long ago relative who fought in the Civil War. Let your kids and grandkids set the tone on this one and be grateful for what they take off your hands while remembering not to take it personally if they don't want a dozen photos of Uncle Lenny scooping mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving <laughs> in 1974. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, hey, I'm a history buff, and uh, I love some of those old photos. My grandfather has some amazing ones. Uh, you know, photos of, like, uh, you know, old war photos of the Civil War or World War One soldiers having their portraits taken in their new uniforms. Some of those are cool to look at, but I I'm sure with anyone with family photos like those is going to want to hang on to them. Right. So be selective with the photos and don't be offended. Uh, the next category, uh, Tony, knickknacks. It's probably a little confusing because it's not likely you're going to find many takers for your 78-piece Elvis Presley collectible plate collection. Uh, but that said, certain knickknacks may hold value for some of your kids and grandkids. You may have a small piece of art or other collectible from a foreign trip that a grandchild would love to display in their bedroom. Or maybe it's an item that's been passed down through your family for generations that a younger person in your life would have grown up admiring and be curious about and be proud to display. Well, yeah, and that's that's another thing. I, I think so. And things like that, that, you know, somebody can hang up, uh, display on a shelf. I think that's especially valued because, you know, your kids or grandkids, uh, they don't have to find a place in their own basement or attic to store a bunch of boxes. They just need to find the perfect spot on the wall. Uh, and that's a little thing that can make a big difference. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, guys, touch up on that. Now, this next item is kind of right up my alley, uh, Tony, and I think yours too. 
uh, toys. Ah. And that's near and dear to my heart. Sure. <laughs> and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners agree. Now, whether it was Davy Crockett toys in the 50s, Barbies in the 60s, or Star Wars action figures in the 70s and 80s, many of us have had a toy that defines our childhood. Now, if you come across a box of toys in the basement that you and your kids have forgotten about, and a quick peek reveals Star Wars toys, <laughs> guess what? They're probably going to want them. Yeah, probably. You know, if you want to see a 45-year-old become eight again, hand them a couple of their old Star Wars toys and watch <laughs> their eyes light up, right? Yep, yep. And uh, like many folks, too, uh, wanted to bring this one up. Strongest memories have been around holidays. Yep. Now, whether that's Independence Day, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas... You know, that Christmas tree topper, uh, the beloved carving knife, or even a Halloween decoration that's delighted the family for decades are all things that bring a warm sense of nostalgia and and those things that uh, your kids and grandkids may want to take off your hands. Well, and there are certain holiday collectibles that as soon as I look at them, my mind immediately returns to the days when maybe I was five at my grandma's house or sitting at the table. Some things uh, can really pack an emotional wallop. So there are some things that people might want to hang on to or your kids might want yeah so the knickknacks thing and it kind of comes in two categories um old toys for memories and old holiday uh things now the article also notes that while many younger people aren't interested in taking ownership of boxes and boxes of stuff they also they do have an interest in your larger assets like the family car you no longer need of or obviously your your home and while that's probably no surprise from a financial standpoint, obviously probably the most valuable thing you own is your home. Some family members are likely to inherit something like a car or, or that home with the intention of using it, you know, rather than selling it. Sure. So it's not necessarily, you know, the financial standpoint, but it's been in the family for so many years. It's where memories have made and maybe they're going to continue to live there or maybe their kids are going to continue to live there. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's another good point. And uh, do you have uh, we should probably take a minute here. Greg, to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. I know you're offering a uh, no charge consultation. There's no cost, no obligation. Yeah, I always love hearing from our listeners. So if anybody has any questions, you can drop us a line online. Go to my website, therogroup.org. Click the contact us link or pick up the phone. Give us a call. We can have a chat. My office number is 808-791-2924. All right. That sounds great. And Uh, Let's keep the show rolling. It's been a good one. You've been, you know, pushing back against the popular notion that your kids and grandparents uh, or kids and grandkids, I should say, aren't going to want any of your stuff. Uh, And I think in a lot of cases that might be true. Uh, But uh, today's show has been kind of an eye opener. What do you have for us next? Well, the next one uh, I liked on this list was uh, grandma's recipes. Ah, now the first thing you remember i love it (laughs) well this is this is actually it makes a little sense when you read it because it has very little to do with the actual recipes because Ah. you can google just about any recipe you can imagine and there's tons of information (laughs) out there that's true but grandma's recipes Mm. now whether it's written down in her book or her uh index card holder they connect to something much deeper so when you follow that recipe that's written in your grandma's hand you're not only going to end up with a great meal that's going to bring back memories, but you're going to enjoy the waves of memories that come rushing back to you as you're cooking it and reading her handwriting. Yeah. So whether it was her special meatloaf uh, or the German chocolate cake that she made every year on your birthday, grandma's recipes connect us to the people who may be gone and are still part of our yeah, lives. My grandma Whelan was such a great cook. Oh, man. Her pies, I mean, uh, they were. she was famous for her pies. 
I mean, people could, would come from the entire county, uh, and uh, they all wanted some of her pie. So that's that's my grandma. That's true. That one that one hits close to home. And I think it's amazing how many of us probably have memories of our uh, grandmas that do revolve around food. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious about where furniture though fits into this. You know, we always hear about antiques and furniture, and on one hand, furniture is usually big and space filling, and nowadays. Uh, that might make it something your kids and grandkids won't want to bother with. But on the other hand, quality furniture that lasts is expensive and worth a lot. So that may make it something younger folks in your life might want. Uh, what do you have to say about furniture? Well, you're right. Um, furniture is a tricky one. And the article did note that while a few younger people you know, have an interest in those big old sofas and smaller and timeless pieces of furniture can hold some appeal, like rocking chairs, for example, with their simple elegance, maybe something a child or grandchild would love to put down in their living room. Now, this is another area where you don't want to try and make the choices for your kids and grandkids. Let them indicate to you what they're interested in. And again, don't let your feelings get hurt if they don't take some of your favorite items. Yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of people, the reality is, is, you know, as we settle into uh, retirement and begin downsizing, uh, we're going to have to let go of some of the things that we want or would want to hang on to. And that's the hard part. But, you know, uh, remember, retirement is about freedom and experience. It isn't about holding on to uh, all that stuff you don't need anymore or the past. It's about continuing to live and doing things maybe you haven't done yet, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, people do have to kind of let go because it's a new chapter yes, in their life. Exactly. Um, speaking of letting go, Tony, this one's going to hurt for Uh-oh. you. Uh, for many of us, records were a uh, were the primary way we enjoyed music growing up, right? But then the '80s, vinyl gave way to cassettes, and the '90s, cassettes gave way to CDs, and now it's all about streaming. Right. But even with the undeniable popularity of services like Spotify. Vinyl is enjoying something of a renaissance, <laughs> and I know this is right up this is right up your alley because I'm looking at Tony right now, and he's got like hundreds of records behind him. <laughs> I literally have if I panned my camera over right now, Greg. I have, <laughs> I have thousands actually. I, I'm uh, I'm a serious record collector and have been. I've I've collected music, uh, vinyl and CDs uh, for. Well, I started collecting vinyl in junior high, and I haven't stopped. And I worked in radio at radio stations, so I got a lot of free vinyl. You know, I worked for an adult contemporary like Yacht Rock station in the 80s and Top 40 in the 80s. So when they would get alternative or rock records, uh, they wouldn't use them, but they still got sent all these records. So that's where I have raised my hand. I'll take those. (laughs) So I didn't necessarily pay for all my records. I paid for a lot of them, but I do buy and sell records still. And vinyl is seeing a huge uh, comeback. Both uh, two of my three kids have record players. I mean, one's 18, one's 22, but they're into vinyl. And Greg, I know you've recently gotten into vinyl. And I do have a stack right down here that I'm going to be sending you, Greg, since you got back into vinyl. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's true. This was right up my alley, too. I mean, this article spot on with this because we went over to my friend's house in Kailua and he had a record player and we started listening to records. And I was like, man, this is so much fun because it's like the way that the artist, you know, meant the yes. music to be played. Yep. And it just sounds different. And, and there's just something cool watching it spin. Yep. You know? So I had to I had to buy one. And now we've got a little bit of a record collection going of our own. So yeah. That's dust awesome. off those those records. Your kids might be interested in them. Um, and a lot of them are very valuable. Yep. Some of them can be. And, and, you know, it depends on condition. If they're not too scratched up, if the jacket's still in pretty good shape, 
Uh, you'd be surprised if they're original pressings and vinyl collectors have a ways to tell. There's little numbers uh, scratched into the vinyl on the inside uh, where the grooves end and there's that little space. There's uh, catalog numbers and you can tell where which plant it was pressed at. And So there's a lot of, lot to it. Uh, I know I could do we could do a three-part series on vinyl collecting if you'd let me, but Greg's like, nope. Let's probably, get... probably could, yes. <laughs> let's get back <laughs> but, to it. But uh, you mentioned earlier that you were the hammer, right, when we entered the yep. show, and you, ha- you, na- you nailed that point really down there, uh, <laughs> Mr. Hammer. And uh, this, is, this is an attempt at a segue because sure. it's the next point of the thing is uh, tools. Okay. So regardless of what era you purchased your tools in, um, they can be expensive to replace. So if you've got a lot of brand name ones with lifetime guarantee uh, guarantees sitting in the corner of your garage, you ought to consider giving them up to your, your kids and grandkids. And this is one where you might want to push a little bit. Some of those uh, experiences that you might have had dealing with a toilet flooding at two in the morning or, you know, a million different reasons you suddenly found yourself in need of a wrench to reinforce that reasonably stocked toolbox you know tools are something that a lot of us cannot do without yeah that's a that's a really good point and nothing's going to make you feel quite as powerless as standing ankle deep in water in your basement trying to find the one tool you need to get that situation under control yes indeed and um on the other side of the tools, jewelry yep. is another one. Yep. Um, and people are probably wondering about what to do with all their, their jewelry. And it's another collectible that I think is likely to intrigue uh, maybe your kids and grandkids. Now, many of us have ended up with a fair amount of you know fun jewelry and things like that, but maybe not necessarily terribly valuable jewelry uh, that we've collected throughout the years. And that's the kind of stuff that you probably need to be bound for for goodwill. Uh, But with some of those special pieces of jewelry, you're gonna wanna be more strategic. If you no longer wear jewelry that has significant value, best option maybe to sell those pieces and add it into your retirement strategy. Maybe start taking some trips with some of the money you get from selling those. But the pieces that have more sentimental value, not necessarily monetary, you want to make sure they end up in the right hands. Now, it might be your great grandmother's wedding ring or that old uh, sturdy pocket watch that belonged to a long ago uncle that worked on the railroad, whatever it is. The ones that have importance, the ones that have stories to them, keep those in the family. Yeah, I think that's great, Greg, and it's been a great show so far. But, um, you know, you've been talking about some of those things that might be sitting around your house that your kids and grandkids might want to take off your hands. And as you fully embrace retirement, getting rid of some of the stuff you don't need or use anymore, that's a simple way to enjoy a smaller and more manageable lifestyle in retirement. So what do you have for us next? Well, we spend the, the first two segments of the show highlighting items that have more sentimental value than financial value. So I'd like to do a 180 here in this last segment and look at potentially valuable things that might be sitting in your home right now. Uh, so I'm referencing a different article now. This one is also by AARP and it's titled 10 Surprisingly Valuable Collectibles That Could Be Hiding in Your Home. And it's actually got a lot of fun information. So we talked about toys earlier, Tony, and that we had a lot of fun with that. And uh, the first one in this article is action figures. Huh. So we talked about Star Wars and those action figures. Um, that might light up a 45-year-old into an 8-year-old again. <laughs> but those little plastic guys, some of them have a very healthy sticker price. The article notes that a Star Wars Boba Fett rocket-firing prototype figure that came off the assembly line in 1979 sold in September of 2020, forget this, $62,000. Oh, 
That's real and money to X-Men you and Magneto. I, Greg. <laughs> More recently, the X-Men Magneto uh, figure from 2015 sold for 2700 So very wow. interesting. That's crazy. I have no idea what uh, an X-Men Magneto is, but $2,700 sounds like a great price to me. I mean, I've, I guess I kind of know. I've seen the movies, but... Well, along uh, the same lines as action figures, the box of Barbie dolls. Ah, uh, yeah. Antonio, the, the, these are very valuable. In 1959, one brunette Barbie sold on eBay earlier this year for $9,500. And that's not bad for something that was probably purchased at a drugstore in the cereal aisle for, at Piggly Wiggly yeah. <laughs> for a couple bucks. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get to one I bet our listeners are waiting for. What about baseball cards? That's a big one, right? Yeah, um, the baseball cards and sports memorabilia market has kind of fallen off a little because of oversaturation. Um, you know, Zenith was in the 1990s. There are still plenty of sports cards with with real value. Um, an 89 Ken Griffey Jr. card, if it was in mint condition, fetched 1400 bucks. Um, now, of course, this doesn't compare to that prize 1952 Mickey Mantle that sold for 2.8 million. Um, but remember, it's not just baseball cards, Tony. Uh, uh, 1979 Topps Wayne Gretzky hockey card sold for a whopping $100,000. And a 20 in 2020, some Tom Brady rookie cards can command more than $10,000 if they're in great condition. Wow. Wow, that's big that's that's a big deal. Uh, better check and see if you've got any uh, <laughs> baseball cards laying around, I guess. I can't even begin to tell you how much I'm regretting those times when I was a kid and I used a clothespin to attach the baseball card to the spoke spokes of my bike tires because I liked the sound it made when it ran around. I don't know if you ever did that, but as kids, we did that. And mm-hmm. I may have made a mistake with my baseball cards. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, you might have already been retired uh, if you had to done that with your <laughs> yeah, cards. You never know. That's true. <laughs> but uh, the baseball cards in your bike spokes does make an awesome sound. That's that's <laughs> is pretty cool. True. But uh, another one too, and my my brother, uh, he's a big comic book collector, uh, and so we have to talk yep. about comic books. Yeah. He'd be upset if we didn't mention it. Um, he's he's I don't know how much his comics are worth, but it's it's mind boggling. Um, Big, big money. So uh, 1962, Amazing Fantasy 15. That was the first appearance of Spider-Man. And then, of course, the number one comic, Action Comics number one, first appearance of Superman. Both of those sell for millions of dollars. Um, Now, you don't need to have those super rare comics that are worth that much. Um, Less rare ones can can be worth a lot of two. A signed Spider-Man 300 from 88 just sold for about 10 grand. Wow. Uh, My brother's got a couple that are worth about five, six, seven grand. Wow. I would say I, my, I found a few of my my mom had some old comics, um, I don't know from the forties or fifty the fifties maybe, and they were um, it was Superman and Lois Lane uh, comic, and I sold it for my parents on eBay and got about fifty five bucks for it. I was pretty happy about that actually. So, yeah, you you never yeah. know, and that was just something they were almost going to throw that away. So. Uh, you want to make sure you know what you've got. And um, uh, I, I read my comics, though, over and over again until they fell apart in my hands. So none of mine are going to be <laughs> worth any money right now. Yeah, condition is the number one thing with yes. those. Um, but unlike comic books, quality furniture is made to stand the test of time. Yep. Now, valuable furniture, um, we kind of touched on in our earlier segment, but 
I don't want necessarily to inherit the big bulky ones, but a vintage six board blanket box uh, can sell for $650. Uh, a Danish modern sti- uh, side table can get as much as 260. And remember when there was a time when nobody wanted the, the very distinctive furniture that dominated the 50s and 60s? Yep. Well, just like the vinyl, it's coming back around again. You know, what yeah, was once is. popular and out of style is once again popular. So a lot of people are paying a premium for that oh, that's so very 1950s looking coffee table that might be collecting dust, you know? Art Deco stuff, you know, the old 50s tables and uh, yeah, the red and white. It's just, uh, we had one from my grandparents. Uh, Love it. Still have it. Um, But but yeah, it's a little bit worn. My mom grew up on it and then I grew up on it at my grandparents' house and then we had it here and our kids grew up on it. But yeah. you know, we finally did some remodeling. It didn't fit, but I said, we're saving it. So we still have it in the garage. Hopefully the kids will want it. But again, it's one of those things you, you never know. And that's kind of, that's kind of what we're talking about, but I don't know about antiques. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I've wandered around antique stores and in state sales and, you know, uh, but then you see something that does look like something that was in your grandparents' house growing up and you just, oh, I got to have that because it looks just like the one we had as a kid. Right. And then you look at it and it's selling for a thousand dollars or two thousand or something like that. So really surprising. And then and then and then I say no. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of surprise, um, I think the next one might surprise a lot of listeners, and it's posters. Wow. That's right. Those things you bought for a couple dollars that you used to decorate your room when you were a kid or when you're or your dorm walls at college. Yep. Um, example, a poster from the Fillmore West music venues closing in 1971, which they featured acts like Grateful Dead, Creedence Clearwater Revival. That poster sold for more than $1,200. And how's wow. this for not being in Kansas anymore? An original Wizard of Oz movie poster in good condition sold for 108000 Oh, that is crazy. That's amazing. So uh, we should probably go. We're almost out of time. Do you have anything else for us before we sign off? Um, Star Wars poster, $450. So if you have an original Star Wars movie poster, um, lots of stuff in your basements and your gray attics and wherever that might, could be worth some money. So we hope everybody got a lot out of the show today. Um, maybe you want to consider, you know, minimizing and getting rid of your stuff and realizing what things you want to pass on, what things you don't, and some things you might have some money and you might want to invest it. And if you do, I know a good financial guy. Uh, but all <laughs> jokes aside, feel free to give us a call about anything that you heard about our show today, or if you want to have a conversation about your retirement plan, you can reach us at 808-791-2924 or online at therogroup.org. All right. Thanks, Greg. And that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.